Welcome back, listeners, to Hindsight is Horrifying. This week with your hostess with the mostest, Darth Jader, and her co-host, Jason. Say hi, Jason. Hello, everybody. We are taking a look at the 1988 cult classic by Tim Burton himself, Beetlejuice. This was actually one of Jason's picks, so instead of boring you with one of my Google descriptions, I'm going to let Jason describe the plot of the movie to you. Well, you can bore him with it later. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I love reading those little descriptions. 1988, uh, a classic, classic Tim Burton movie. This is from that very, very brief period in Tim Burton's life uh, before he knew who Johnny Depp was. And before he divorced Helena Bonham Carter, in which case I got custody of Johnny. So yeah, you know, times are better now. What can yeah. I say? Boy, I would have loved to have gone to that wedding. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I mean, can you <laughs> just imagine? I literally, I literally can't. I, I sort of see her with the big Alice in Wonderland head as the Queen yeah. of Hearts. He, I could almost see him dressing as Beetlejuice for mm-hmm. his own wedding. Yeah. Yeah, and I think if if, uh, if Johnny Depp had been alive at this point in time. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> How old do you think it Johnny I Depp don't know. is? He's in his... He's actually older than you, Jason. So he is was, he? yeah. He's, he's an, an old man. Yeah, an oh. older man. Oh, well. Anyway, <laughs> so 1988's classic uh, Beetlejuice, which tells the story of uh, two people, a married couple, Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, also known as the Maitlands. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, nobody knows that. <laughs> yeah, you kind of breeze by the first part of the movie. That's very true. So you, yeah, this is definitely a movie that you know it. It does its groundwork establishing what needs to be established. Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. Um, young married couple. Young married couple who live in this sort of semi-idyllic farmhouse. Uh, in It's in Connecticut? Yeah, uh, Connecticut. Out in the country somewhere. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, and, and Alec Baldwin wears checkers, shirts, and yes, khakis. Yes, And I'm pretty sure um, hush puppies, if we could see them. I, I can't see his shoes right now, but... <laughs> He probably does. I would if dress. I it guess. looks comfortable. It does look like an outfit you would wear. Yeah. It's, it's a very dad the, the outfit. The red, red t-shirt with the flannel, you know, checkered on top of it. Get a little layering going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> um, which actually, this movie does prove a point. Be careful what you wear, because if you die, you're going to be wearing it forever. Oh, no, that's a thing. Like, even, yeah. uh, that was a quote on Gilmore Girls once, it, but way back in season one. They were getting rid of some clothes and donating them, and uh, the daughter, Rory, was like, Mom, get rid of everything in your closet that you'd be embarrassed to wear during a car crash or nope. be found dead in or something yeah, to that yeah. effect. I mean, Gina Davis is going to have that floral print sort of Elaine Bennis outfit on it's forever. Very, it's very dress slash smock looking. Yeah. Um, that was a thing back then. Yeah. You know? It was the look back in the 80s. But yeah, they're, so they're, they're a happy couple married, and we find out... Uh, their nosy, bitchy neighbor who keeps trying to force them to sell their beautiful house because they are committing the ultimate sin of not filling it with children. I think, yeah, it's it's very weird. Jane. How the, yeah, the, the, neighbor, the neighbor exists solely for the purpose of establishing that they don't have kids and it's a sad thing. That's, oh, yeah. That's the whole reason that character is there. And also establishing that your house would be really, you know, uh, attractive to people from, say, New York who might want to buy it if you were to die. Just in case. Yeah. And then 10 seconds later, it seems like that's exactly what happens. So. Right. Well, and, you know, there's sort of you get the impression that the uh, the couple um, 
had tried to have a baby and it didn't work. And, you know, maybe there was a pregnancy that didn't go to term. And, you know, yeah, possible in a miscarriage situation, something, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So th- there's just a little bit of characterization there, but that's really not important at all because they die. They die, yeah, in the first, what, 10 minutes of the movie. Uh, when, that, yeah. when they're going to town, because Alec Baldwin is actually building an exact replica of his town up in his attic. And I think they go to town for more. Uh, craft, supplies yeah, craft supplies for, for his something. little for his little model. He does have a pretty cool workshop, though. I, I would I would like to have that workshop. Yeah, it's a pretty cool yeah, uh, up in the attic. Pretty cool man cave he's got going on up there with his yeah. big '80s glasses. And uh, now, wait a minute, isn't his workshop in the attic? Yeah, he's in the basement right now, but uh, he's he works on his model up in the attic because oh, okay. that's the room, and we get to that in a minute. That's yeah. the room that the Dietzes can't get into. Right. So right. Um, yeah, so they go to town. To sort of swiffen up the summary, uh, the Maitlands go to town for more craft supplies for Alec Baldwin and end up crashing off a bridge and drowning in the creek. Yeah. And then they don't realize that they're dead until they reappear back in their home and uh, discover that fantastic book. Yeah, the handbook for the recently deceased. Yes. Yeah, it, it, it is, um, it's a very, it's, it's a plot that really only somebody like tim burton could pull off well especially with the random parameters of it because uh the the rest of the movie is essentially the deets family uh jeffrey jones Catherine o'hara and um one in a rider move into the house and the maitlands can't stop them directly because uh as they learn in uh the afterlife which is basically the dmv but with body parts and dead people uh they find that they're not allowed to directly interfere with the living and that the living don't tend to notice the dead anyway. So, yeah. But they've got to find a way to spook the Dietzes out of their house if they want it back. Yeah, and that, that ends up being sort of, you know, that that's the thrust of the movie. It's the fact that they die, they become ghosts. They're very, they adjust to it very quickly. Oh, they take it in total stride. They're like, oh, we're dead? Huh. Yeah. It, you know, let's learn the rules sparingly. Right. They don't, they don't swim through that book very quickly. Well, they don't freak out. They don't... Um, you know, they don't burst into tears at the fact that, you know, they, they just sort of accept it. Well, wow, we're dead. Yeah, huh. a little bit. I think they get a little stressed out when they he discover... He keeps working on his model. He does. Uh, she And they discover the desert sandworms that are immediately yeah. out. Is that supposed to be Limbo? Like, what? I never could figure out what the yeah, hell that it, was. Yeah, that that's sort of the... That's the plot device that keeps ghosts inside their houses. Oh, I see. You know, it's sort of... Yeah, it's Limbo. Because otherwise and, they could just do whatever the hell they wanted. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, uh, you know, the happy couple um, within, let's see, we're already, we're up to not 10 minutes, seven minutes and yeah. 45 seconds. I told you, it's like so, less yeah. than 10 minutes in that they eat it. And uh, it's kind of sweet because they, they crash their car to avoid hitting a town dog. Yeah. But then the dog murders them. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> he's Screw sta- you guys. <laughs> he's standing on a wooden plank. It's very Bugs Bunny in a way because the yeah. dog is standing on it. Or Wily Coyote, rather. Yeah, it is. Because it's, it's Wily Coyote, Coyote yeah. like hanging on a very thin limb off the edge of the cliff. And the Roadrunner's sitting on the end of it. Meep, meep. Like, and then he steps off the board and lets Wily Coyote fall yeah. to his demise or yeah, explosion yeah. or whatever. You know, it is interesting, though. I do have a, a, a thought that occurs to me, which is... This movie, you know, I'd say this is a movie that only could have been done by Tim Burton. And I think that's true. I don't think anybody else could have done this as a comedy. I think, you know, other people could have done it as a straight-up horror movie, which 
you know, it was sort of intended, if I'm right, to originally they thought it was going to be a horror movie. But yeah, because it, uh, it, even in this uh, mental floss uh, bit that I've got going on here, the early drafts of the script were apparently, quote unquote, far less whimsical. Mm-hmm. So and when I think back on Beetlejuice, uh, it came out the year that I was born. So it was kind of like Ghostbusters and Back to the Future, where it was pretty ubiquitous on television. I saw it a lot. Yeah, uh, I didn't necessarily sit down and watch it in my single digits, but it was very accessible. And this movie scared the crap out of yeah, me. It was, I, it, yeah, it was scary. The sandworms. Oh, those, oh, those yeah, were the things they were of terrifying. nightmares. Yeah. And it's funny because they were terrifying as, as, you know, when we were kids, and they were intentionally designed to look stupid. Yeah, because, you know, you can't really take them too seriously well, as an adult, I guess. Well, I mean, but... you know, Tim Burton knew, look, we don't have any money for special effects. We have very little uh, money for special effects. Just make it look campy and stupid. And, and it, he made it work. Yeah, he made it work. Which, you know, I think this movie, I would love to see into a parallel universe where Peter Jackson directed this. Because oh I'd like to see Peter Jackson's Beetlejuice, and I would like to see Tim Burton's The Frighteners. And I think Tim Burton's versions of both movies would be better. That's a really interesting Freaky Friday situation you yeah. set up for us. Yeah, because it is, when you think about it, it is a sort of movie Peter Jackson would have would have done, but he would have done it in a very Peter Jackson-y way. And I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of Peter Jackson. I'm getting that vibe. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like, I don't hate the the guy's movies but i i just like the frighteners the frighteners is a really good movie but i think if it was done by tim burton it would have been a much better movie one beetlejuice to rule them all yes i'm sorry <laughs> that just happened that was i'm i'll see myself out <sighs> and uh moving on past that uh embarrassment um <laughs> well, to get to the the big crux of the plot is uh, the Maitlands taking their death in stride and finding their home taken over by the very lush, rich Dietz family with the mom has such horrendous taste in art. Which, um, none of which, by the way, has anything to do with the character of Beetlejuice. No, it it, it takes a minute to get to Beetlejuice because... He, he's almost... A side character in the movie. Yeah, in a weird way, because uh, he's just a solution to their problem. Yeah. Uh, The Maitlands go to the the DMV of death, and they are assigned, like, uh, a case agent who was like, oh, yeah, Beetlejuice used to be my intern, or... Juno, right? um, I... Yeah, Juno. Juno. Uh, Yeah, because the Maitlands go to her, and Barbara's like... We're very unhappy. And the caseworker goes, well, what did you expect? You're dead. Yeah. So she's very. It's pretty depressing. You know, it really is. I mean, and, and, you know, of course, it ends up at the end of the movie with everything being hunky dory. One thing that I never noticed whenever I was a kid. And I mean, I saw this movie a thousand times, but it was literally watching the movie again for in preparation for this show was this thing where. They had to stay in the house for, like, what was it? It was Like, like 150 years. Yeah, like 150 years, and then they can go. Um, no, I don't think it has anything to do with where they can go. I think you only get uh, two or three requests from your caseworker every, like, couple hundred years. Because well, they, they say a couple times in the movie, like, oh, you know, it's, not, it's only another hundred and, you know, something years. And it, it's like they're trapped there as ghosts. 
Well, because they get caught there for longer than they think they've even been dead. Yeah. They they go up to the caseworker and they're like, well, w- wait a minute. We've been dead for six months or however long it is. And she's like, yeah, you guys are burning through your favors really quickly. You can only contact me so often. And I think that's what it is. It has to do with favors. Which is interesting because that's totally arbitrary. You know, so much of the, the how this movie works from a writing standpoint, is totally arbitrary. Yeah, the parameters of it. Yeah, it's like, the rules are just so random. Yeah. And that's why I said, like, if I I found myself surprised by my own death, which I I would like to assume that most people do, uh, if I was handed a guidebook... As to what to expect in yeah, the afterlife. Yeah, I'd read it cover I, to cover. Yeah, yeah, I would have been all over that. I would have been highlighting passages. Mm-hmm. I, I would have been very studious. But they only seem to pick it up when because they just kind of play things by ear, the Maitlands. Uh, and then when things don't go their way, like when the Dietzes show up, because they're fine being dead in their own house right, until yeah. other people show up. And then they're like, well, what the hell do we do about this? And they look in the handbook. Yeah. And it's like, no, you should have been studying that. Well, I Be like better the, students. I like the fact that the only reason that she uh, that she wasn't cleaning the house was because the broom was in the garage and she can't get there because of the sandworms. Well, she's got the smock, you Jason. Yeah. She needs to clean. She's a housewife and here we with go. no children. The great... Great Catherine O'Hara, who I'm a huge fan of, and the great dish Jeffrey Jones that are we allowed to call him great? Um, is, that, is that okay? I mean, he's made a comeback, so I guess yeah. his his uh, child purgatory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's in he's in desert yeah. worm purgatory. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, for, for those who for those who don't know, Jeffrey Jones, who uh, the principal from Ferris yeah, Bueller's the principal Day from off. Ferris Bueller, uh, who was with Alec Baldwin in The Hunt for Red October. And in Sleepy Hollow with Johnny yep. Depp, Tim yep. Burton's pet actor. Yeah. And that movie wasn't, I mean, it's not a recent movie, but. It was definitely after his child pornography yeah. thing. I would like to, I, actually, I would, I'm not sure. I, I, it might have yeah. been smack in the middle of it. Who knows? Yeah. So if you haven't picked up on a Jeffrey Jones, who otherwise is, you know, a great, he's a really good character actor. Oh, and he's, he's great in this movie. Yeah. Eh, he had a little run in with the law. Um and but we can move past that and talk yeah. about Catherine O'Hara. Just who breeze is right past that. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara, a.k.a. the mom from Home Alone. And the uh, the wife from Schitt's Creek, the uh, the TV series, uh, which is basically if this character ended up losing all of her money and moving to a shitty town. Literally, like, bankrupt Delia. Yep. Yeah, that, basically. I could see that. I need to watch that show. You and went on a writer. And who invented the emo movement in this movie? Because yeah, oh god, she was like she's like it's like the mother of vampires. She's just the queen of the emos. Yeah, but she's so but she's emo, but you don't hate her. No, she's not. She's not pretentious about it. She's genuinely no, she's emo. Not. Yeah, she's not like one of you hipster emos out there. Get out of here, you yeah. hipster. Well, because that's like rule number three about being emo is you have to be a pretentious douchebag. Yeah, it's the opposite yeah. of Fight Club. Rule number yeah. one about you being emo everybody. is you tell everyone <laughs> yeah. and their mom about yeah. it. Yeah, kind of like being vegan or yeah. you know whatever. Yeah, how how can you tell if somebody's a vegan? You don't have to. They'll, They'll tell, tell you. you. Yeah, yeah, and then we see our first. We get introduced to uh, Otho. Glenn Shadix, yeah, uh, who was also in another movie with Winona Ryder, Heather's. He was the priest in the church when uh, she and Christian Slater were offing everybody. So, and he he actually um, when he died uh, at his funeral, per his request, I'm assuming they actually played the Banana Boat song at his <gasps> funeral, which I thought was that was a cool touch. And for me, that's you know? that's on par with the Jack Lemmon 
Jack Lemmon appearing in, having that written on his tombstone. Right. That's, yeah. that's yeah. pretty hardcore awesome yeah. right there. But I love that's, his first... It's one of his first lines. He walks in and they've... Otho and... Save me from L.L. Bean. <laughs> well, he and uh, Catherine O'Hara in this movie almost have like a Jack and Karen kind of relationship like Will and Grace where they're just really in sync and sassy and bitchy together. And it's just... It's fantastic, but he's like, oh, so few clients are able to read my mind. He just, they're just so droll with each other. Yeah, and um, they, they really do establish this this wonderful relationship that makes you hate them and want bad things to happen to them. A little bit. And but Jeffrey Jones, you don't really want anything bad to happen to Jeffrey Jones. Yeah, ironically enough, <clears throat> he's kind of the Mr. Rogers in this family. He, he yeah. bought this country house because he's like, girls. I know I've got this really emo daughter and this really tightly wound <laughs> yeah. wife, but God, I just want somewhere to relax and read my books. And... Yeah, I almost wonder if his plan was to, you know, lead them out there to murder them. Because that's that actually makes more sense than I'm going to live with them. Yeah, it's quite... You know, in this place that they hate. It's an astute possibility. I mean, well, well like you have Otho and uh, Delia walking through the house. And so the Maitlands are trying to haunt the Dietzes out of their house. Badly. In these really gruesome ways, like... Gina Davis, who's hanging in a closet. So that answers Stewie's infinite question of, whatever happened to Gina Davis? She used to be in movies, but she's not in movies anymore. You know, I do genuinely wonder, though, about that. Because Gina Davis was, you know, she's good. Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think most people really remember her from League of Your Own, or League of Their Own with Rosie O'Donnell and Tom Hanks. Yeah. There's no crying in baseball. The funny thing is, though, okay, here's the thing with Gina Davis accepting this movie because we're talking about it and a league of their own name three gina davis movies uh movies i can't but i have seen her on several tv shows See, including gray's anatomy yeah so. but i know that she was in lots of movies but i'm i'm sitting here thinking what what, what are they, what were they? <laughs> gina if you could have your people contact our people we would love she that in a pirate themed movie i honestly have was no she idea. in a hook no, she wasn't in Hook. No, she wasn't in Hook. Julia Roberts was in Hook, not Gina Davis. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Well, they both have very big smiles, so maybe that's why you were confusing them. I think Gina Davis is prettier than Julia Roberts. Oh, shit. I'm Shots go- fired. Yeah. Well, because we know that Julia Roberts subscribes, and, and she's, you know, We've alienated waiting. her along with all of Australia, single no, mothers everywhere. We, we, we actually haven't alienated Australia. Our numbers... Yeah, apparently you Aussies enjoy being insulted. So. Well, because, you know, what do they care what a couple of Yanks think about them? Yeah. You know, they, I mean. you know that's not going to bother them. No, our numbers actually, um, the audience figures that we've seen are surprisingly popular in Australia. So, so way to go, Australia. Good on you guys. Yeah. Thanks. Keep listening, please. Yeah, go um, fighting... Go tie your wallaby down sport or something. I don't know. Very typical um, of Australia from what we, from what little we know of you guys. Well, I mean, look, I mean, it's where Peter Jackson's from. It's where they filmed Lord of the Rings. Uh, Flight of the Concords is from there. It's Um, business. Oh, shit. Wait. (laughs) No, they're New Zealanders. All three of those are from. uh, I was about to say, you're facing off all of Australia so badly right now because they're all New Zealand. And you don't (laughs) make. That's another Gilmore Girls thing, too. You do not mix up Aussies with New Zealanders. You don't do that. So, guys, get Jason for that one, not me. Okay. So, anyway, 
Before we make our uh, only fan base even angrier, I know. I'm about to have to. I'll have to start singing "Waltzing Matilda." Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, we're kind of facing one of those kitschy, tacky-looking sandworms. Which, yeah, now now that I look at them as a you know thirty-something-year-old oh, adult, they're, they're not ridiculous. that scary yeah, looking. No. Well, most of the things. I mean, honestly, I, I go back and watch movies that scared me to death whenever I was a kid, <clears throat> and. You know, it, it's very rare for any of them to hold up as being even remotely scary or even remotely good. Um, I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street, I think, is one of the only ones that's Another still... Johnny cr- Depp movie. What? Johnny Depp is in that movie. He gets sucked into his bed. That was Johnny Depp? Yeah. That was, uh, that was two? That wasn't the first one, was it? It was the first one back in the 80s, yeah. The Waterbed? Uh, I don't remember if that, it was a waterbed, but that, that was Johnny scene, Depp who got sucked into his bed. Yeah, that, that whenever Johnny, I, I love you, whenever I was just talking about what scared me, that scene is actually what to this day, like I saw that as a kid, and it still for, gives you that initial. Oh my god, uh, that scared that spooky feeling. That and the girl that he pulled her veins out, and he was walking her like a puppet. A B C, that, he's yeah. scary Terry. <laughs> I hate that song, bitch. bitch. <laughs> Don't even trip, bro. We got some pants for you. Don't him. even trip, dog. Hey, it's you guys. I but, am wondering, watching this, where is the Chinese restaurant in that town? Because they're all sitting around eating Chinese takeout. doesn't look like a town that would have a Chinese takeout restaurant. That's racist. Uh, every town has a Chinese takeout. That's just, it's well, mandatory in, 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 in Hollywood land. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we live in Alpharetta, Georgia, and they've got several Chinese places within walking distance of here. So, what are you saying about Alpharetta? That we're kind of a what, what you know, it, no, no. I'd like to know your opinion of Alpharetta. That we're kind of low key, <laughs> and you wouldn't exactly expect a lot of uh huh, uh huh. Keep digging. A lot of non-country <laughs> food because we're mm-hmm. smack in the middle of Georgia. So okay, that was good. You got yourself out of there pretty good. Hey, I'm not going to piss off the Alpharettans the way you pissed off the Aussies. It's just oh, I thought, I'm not doing I, it. I thought you were going to piss off the uh, Chinese food industry. Oh, no. That, I'm saying, like, we don't, as a town, we almost don't even deserve Chinese food. <laughs> like, the Alpharetta used to have a log cabin in front of their high school. Yeah. So uh, that's what I, I just don't think we... Our little it, old Alpharetta, it's growing but up. But now we're a tech hub, so who knows? Now, yeah. we, now I guess we deserve Chinese food. So that's good. <laughs> but... Yeah, so, oh, here we go. We get to the... Fiddle-dees. Yeah, I had forgotten that his name was so hard to pronounce just based on looking at it, because it looks like, yeah, Beetle Gaze or... Yeah, well, that's what Beetle it is. Goose. Yeah, and that, that I, I, it's funny because, and again, having seen this movie a million times, it never clicked with me that his name is actually Beetle Gaze. Uh-huh. His name is actually the same name as the star, but they just say Beetlejuice, and that's the name of the movie. Wait, there's a star called Betelgeuse? Yeah. I was unaware of that. Yeah. And I learned something today. Yes. Uh, at least used to be, I think it was the largest star that we had, that we, but it may not be anymore. Nerd. It may be like, you know, other stars that either lose weight or someone. I was going to make a fat movie star reference, but I couldn't think of anyone. Take it easy, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <sighs> anyway. Uh, That's low. <laughs> What, Michio, Michio Kaku, if anything. Oh, my God. Michio Kaku would kick Neil deGrasse, Neil deGrasse Tyson's ass. Well, now it sounds like we got a challenge on our hands. But... I would pay to go to Madison Square Gardens to see Neil deGrasse Tyson and Michio Kaku cage fight. Heavyweight kickbox the crap out of each other, but yeah. with their brains. I'd like to see that, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
But yeah, so we've got we got the deets is like violating the Maitland's house and not like that. Well, with ugly art yeah. and terrible sculptures to clarify. And so the Maitlands do decide they've got to up their their haunting game. Yeah, that was Jason trying to be ghetto in case you heard that clanging. He's trying to open a bottle with well, a metal shelf. I, I know it will work, but the problem is that I, I'm going to get uh, I'm going to get variant brewing all over me, which normally I don't mind. Um, but I suppose we should actually take this moment to uh, to give a shout out to uh, Variant Brewing, uh, our favorite beer, and essentially the reason why I do this show is because I, I, I get subsidized with beer. I get him very just, very good beer. Yeah, Jason basically brings me onto projects because I bring him beverages, uh, but he also knows that it's just not worth spilling a single drop of that Variant beer by yes, opening I, it on a metal cabinet. And I'm going way out of my comfort zone tonight. I, I thought <gasps> I would try uh, a beer that I've had every week of this. Did I? Was there one week I had something different? I think one. Well, what's funny is you varied very little. Yeah. Uh, you've gone from the Canton Street to the Norcross Street. Yeah. Or you started with Norcross yeah, Street Norcross. IPA, and then you ventured to Canton Street one week. And I think that was only because they were out of Norcross and you like it yeah. so much. So I brought you something else with the word street in it. Oh, that's how and I you am liked with, it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I am with beer. I, I mean, once I find my beer that I like, that's I'm I'm sold. I'm I can't it. tease you too hard because honestly, I'm still drinking the raspberry lemon goza and I'm waiting for all those other delicious spring and summer flavors to come out. So big ups to Variant Brewing. Now, let, let's talk a little bit about Michael Keaton. Let's do. Michael Keaton, who up until... This movie when, when did, was well, when did, when did Birdman come out? Oh, uh, I, mean, I don't want to talk about Birdman. <laughs> that... Bird person, sorry. Uh, God, that would be a much better movie. Really? <laughs> Phoenix person. Yeah. That's what we came up with? No, but yeah, Birdman, I want to say was 2017, Yeah, uh, if memory serves. So there, but... there was a pretty substantial gap. In the between 1988 and 2017, <laughs> well, Michael Keaton did. I mean, he was still relevant after this movie. Um, you know, um, you know, Michael Keaton, in my opinion, the best Batman ever. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, I I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that. I loved Christian Bale up I, until I he started. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah. like, uh, you got you got some interesting deep voice action going on with the dark knight because he changed his voice even more for that movie and then by the time we got to yeah. the third one tom hardy sounded like sean connery but with a metal helmet on his head yeah uh, so see and I, I can't really watch christian bale as batman without thinking of abed from community okay so you don't watch community i don't but i, God, that I, is I know just, who he is though so, but i'm trying to i don't understand what the <clears throat> connection is between those two characters all right, audience, you know, tweet it or something to her. Just, I'm not going to take up your time explaining. Yeah, it. I know that underscore got, Jader underscore. Yeah, Let me you, know. You've got things to do. We 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 respect your time here at Hindsight is Horrifying. Except when we get off on tangents about Bird Person and, you know, Michael Keaton. But well, it's, he's in the movie. It's not a tangent. <laughs> no, his other stuff going on. But did you know, Jason, that Sammy Davis, excuse me, Sammy Davis Jr. was Tim Burton's original choice to play Beetlejuice? I can't even imagine what that movie would have looked like. And in case a lot of you younger people don't know, Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> yeah, was, if you don't know who Sammy Davis Jr. was... Just get out. Yeah. Um, because apparently Tim Burton originally wanted the Rat Pack member who was 63 at the time. So there's that. He wanted Sammy Davis Jr. to play Beetlejuice. 
And uh, it was David Geffen, the producer, who suggested Michael Keaton. Mm -hmm. And this movie made Michael Keaton's career because whoever saw it made a direct connection and thought Batman. But Also a Tim Burton Oh, right, right. Okay, yeah. so that's not that far a leap. So there you go. Yeah. Tim Burton was like, yeah, he's playing a an undead corpse. Um, what is it that he calls himself? A bio-exorcist bio yeah. freelancer. And Michael Keaton, you know, he, he uh, ad-libbed most of his lines. The vast majority of, of what Michael Keaton says in this movie, he came up with. That's pretty awesome. That's, yeah, it really that's very is, Robin yeah. Williams and yeah. Aladdin of him. But, yeah, it is... I can't even see Sammy Davis Jr. as as Beetlejuice. I mean, you would literally have to take the entire movie and rewrite it from from the ground. Even though Beetlejuice is only in a little bit of the movie. Yeah, he, it's like you said, he's kind of a supporting character. He, now he does steal the show. Yeah, for he, how and he sets the tone. off the Wally. Oh, yeah, big time! Yeah. But another person who might have completely changed the whole vibe of the movie. Uh, is Angelica Houston. She almost was Delia Dietz, the mom. Yeah. So And I, that... I like Angelica Houston, but I'm I, I I think it was better with Catherine O'Hara. I agree because yeah. like you've got almost a She's not a ditzy mom, but she's very oblivious to yeah. things that are going on around her because she's very self-absorbed. Angelica Houston, I feel like there would have been too much crossover with the Adams family. Okay. We're we're in we're the back studio. in the we, dead yeah, people DMV. <laughs> yeah, we we have the movie playing in the studio and the and the the uh, uh, the DMV the, slash the DMV haunted house where everybody is you know evidently however you died you are that way forever even though which is horrendous. <laughs> well, yeah, even though Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis are neither wet nor gurgling water or anything like they're fine. No, they've got no lacerations on their heads Nothing. or any, no yeah. no blunt force trauma. They that, seem alright. That's just we didn't feel like doing the makeup, um, but the guy. <laughs> The guy who's uh, uh, who has the shrunken head. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. And you can. You at home can can play along with us. I'm gonna scroll back in the studio to see that. When you see the uh, the shrunken head guy, uh-huh. do you not see Steve Buscemi? No, it's coming up. Here we go. I'm, I'm paying attention. Hang on, Steve Buscemi. That is cold. <laughs> no, as doesn't it ice. doesn't it look like him? Just because of the eyes, I think. Because <laughs> Steve Buscemi's got some very uh, disturbing eyes. And I love Steve Buscemi. He's he's. Is it Buscemi or Buscemi? I was I always said Buscemi. I find out don't for us know. listeners and tweet at me. Steve, let me know. Bubby, Steve, tweet us. Let us know. Get your people okay. in touch with our people. Because uh, you are so much cooler than Johnny Depp. Bitch. Hey, I'll uh, take I'll take I'll take Stevie B over Johnny Depp any day of the week. Well, it's fine. You take Steve, I'll take Johnny. Everybody ends up happy. But yeah, to what you were saying a minute ago, how everybody kind of appears, how they died. There's this great gag of a woman sitting on the couch who was clearly a magician's assistant because right. she's been sawn in half and she's wearing a very uh, flamboyant costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that, and there is the guy with the shrunken head. There's like some Vegas lounge act looking guy with a bib on his coat or something yeah and he's got the uh is that the one who choked on something and he's got the bone like, yeah i sticking? think he choked at the buffet yeah, yeah, so that, oh buffet. yeah that's yeah that's exactly and the guy is. in the sleeping oh, bag with the snake uh there's and then the guy who literally has <laughs> yeah. what looks like an inflatable shark gnawing up half and of his leg everybody's totally yeah did the shark die i i guess so it's the there snake? with him in the dmv yeah. so i i have to assume so that seems like kind of a raw deal for the shark and the snake 
I mean, what the hell? Yeah, because they're there. So, but maybe they're just there as props because that shark is about as realistic as, you yeah. know, a pool toy. Yeah. <laughs> so who knows? Yeah. But we're coming up on when Lydia actually discovers the Maitlands. Uh, she discovers Alec Played Baldwin's... Played by the mom from uh, uh, Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For some of you younger folks. Which I saw the funniest meme about that show. I don't... I've watched a couple of episodes of it, but I... Uh, I know about the Upside Down and such, but they basically did a Fresh Prince remix to it where the, somebody superimposed Winona Ryder on the Fresh Prince throne. And it said, in West Philadelphia, or no, not in what, it was going to the West Philadelphia song, no, but it was like, sing. I'm not singing, <laughs> but it basically, uh, uh, let me just, uh, <laughs> I don't even know, uh, but it's like, let me tell you this how my child well. wound up in the Upside Down, like, but it was doing it to the Fresh mm-hmm. Prince song. Mm-hmm. It was, quit mm-hmm. doing that. He's making this face at me. It's very... Go on. He throws me off my game. No, we're all listening. Yeah, let me tell you a story all about how my child wound up in the Upside Down. That's what it was. I I saw a uh, Fresh Prince uh, uh, meme... With the genie. ...the other day. No, it was... uh, They took the scene where Will Smith is freaking out because his dad, uh, played by Ben Vereen, abandoned him again, and they they layered music from Twin Peaks over it. Oh, God. And it was really... It's like, this is why the internet exists. Somebody get Kyle McLaughlin on the phone, please. I wish. <laughs> you mean our greatest living actor? I'm redirecting my attention yeah, back to Beetlejuice now. Oh, there's a great guy in the the Dead People's DMV. He was clearly flattened by a car. Mm. And I want to know who did the makeup for him, because he's literally just tread marks from the tires that ran over him. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty rough. I, You know, this definitely, you know, getting back to our theme of, you know, I can't believe that they let us watch this. I, I Looking at this movie, I'm really surprised my parents ever let me watch this. Because this, the visuals are... They are disturbing. They are. Oh, and Flat Tire Guy, he's got the best dad joke ever. Uh he zooms away and I think he just said it because uh, the Maitlands have just been ragged on by the receptionist in the DMV for, you know, needing help after only two months of being dead. But Gina Davis looks at the flattened by the car guy. She's like, Hey, how are you? Or something. He goes, Oh, I'm good. Thanks. I've been feeling a little flat. Yeah. And then he just zooms yeah. away on his little conveyor belt. Uh, gotta give some snaps out to that awesome dad joke. That well, was just masterful. And now we have, it's almost a throwaway scene, but it's it's extremely important because uh, as the uh, the Maitlands are wandering through the halls of the you know uh, uh, the afterlife DMV, yeah, DMV, yeah. <laughs> they just happen to open a door where a bunch of very bummed out looking spirits, uh, very slimer looking apparitions, because they're all green and just sort of yeah, and they're all like, ooh, this sucks. I think I think that might be the limbo as opposed to the the desert wormland. Yeah, well, that's that's where you go if you've been exercised. So if if an exorcist comes into your home and 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 rids the home of the ghost, mm-hmm. they end up in what is described as death for dead people. Well, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a throwaway scene, but and the only reason it's important is because at the end of the movie, conveniently, Ortho was. Am I saying that right? Oth- Otho. 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 Ortho or Otho? Or- Ortho is a pest control, I think. No, it is, but uh, let's just... I'll double check, but... Yeah, it's very, very conveniently thought. turns out that he's also an exorcist. Yeah, he's an interior... Yeah, or he's, Otho. Or no, no, he's not an exorcist. He's a paranormal investigator, and he accidentally... He tries to summon them, 
and he begins accidentally exercising them. So they yeah, start, and like, sending them to that horrible yeah, limbo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, because I mean, what interior decorator isn't doing exorcisms on the side? I ask yeah, you. No, I, I it's very. And again, though, but that's the thing about a movie like this is that, and and this is to Tim Burton's credit, and it's to the screenwriter's credit. Right. Um, but you don't in almost any other situation you would never accept these coincidences no you, never. you really you would go this okay come on now. oh he's also a paranormal investigator oh how convenient well i mean it's just the suspension of disbelief it's kind of like i i think it's 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 artfully done in in a way that it, it's just weird enough that you do actually yeah okay yeah fine yeah that makes sense well and leave it on tim burton to be like oh Death is only the beginning, but not in a way that you think. There are right, giant yeah. sandworms, and you got to haunt people. You got to sing for your supper if you want to keep your possessions after you're dead. Right. You got to haunt them out of your house. But it just it it's such a bizarre movie, and I think it you know despite it being pretty comedically you know accomplished, like it it makes you look at death in a different way. Because, you know, some people are like, oh, you die and that's it. Some people believe in heaven or hell or whatever. Never in my single-digit childhood mind would I have been like, right, oh, I no, have to haunt no. my own house yeah. when I die. <laughs> Is that how it works? Yeah. So, But yeah, we oh, here we get to the point where Juno, their caseworker, is basically warning them off of Beetlejuice. And her neck was clearly slit, and that's how she was killed, because she's smoking a cigarette, and smoke is coming out of the slit well, she, in her she neck. She must have done it to herself. Because that's the whole thing. All the people in the uh, at the DMV, they all committed suicide. No, 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 no. The people, they didn't commit suicide. Yeah, because uh, the... The Maitlands didn't commit suicide. No, 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 no. The, the customers of the DMV didn't. All the people working there. All the civil servants oh, were people who committed suicide. Okay, I missed that. So the guy who got flattened by the bus or whatever, he jumped in front of it. Oh my god, you just, like, you're, it's like yeah. peeling an onion. Yeah. I, I um, missed that somehow. Yeah, there, there's a line, in fact, I think it's when Otho, I think that's how they establish him as a paranormal investigator, because he says that. He says, you know, everyone who commits suicide becomes a civil servant in the afterlife. Which is just a great joke in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I personally think that people who work at the DMV should be made to be civil servants in the afterlife. Um <laughs> But that would be hell. So, you know, yeah, who am I? A uh, uh, good reference to The Fly <laughs> coming up. Oh, yes. Th- this always creeped me out whenever I was a kid. Because they've done a, like a real zoom <clears throat> in to Alec Baldwin's little model of the town. And the, uh, the, the model, which they, you know, it's interesting that Alec Baldwin, as part of his character, you know, it, it, you know, his character really centers around this model that he's building of the town. But they really do a good job of making the model part of the movie. And, you oh, know, yeah. It's incredibly important to the, to yeah. the plot, for sure. Especially because Beetlejuice tempts that poor little poor little bug into his grasp yeah. with a Zagnut bar, of all things. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's... As a movie, you know, sort of moving ahead a little bit, um, it's it's a movie that is really trying to be something unique, you know, it's because it is a comedy. I mean, you can't watch Michael Keaton without thinking this is a comedy, but it's also, I don't know, there is a certain level of depth to it. 
you know, because it does, you're right, it makes you sort of sit back and sort of think about the afterlife. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, One, how you're probably going to get molested by a freelancer who lives in a fake model of a town. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, I, I never quite understood that as to why Beetlejuice is in the model. Like, it, I, I didn't understand why he started out there. That always I, confused me. I, I got the impression that Beetlejuice... He's limited in where he can go. Um, Just like the Maitlands. Yeah. And because um, towards the end of the movie with, uh, not Delia. Um, Lydia. Lydia. You know, he tells Lydia, like, hey, I'd love to help you, but you've got to summon me to get me out of here. And then they had to get married. Uh, yeah, which was that whole thing. Married by, incidentally, um, the... Little demon priest at the yeah, end that of the movie. looks like a dried out raisin. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> is. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, f- the little person from Bad Santa. No way. That's him. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, I, it's killing me. I can't remember his name. Uh, he, he's been in a lot more than Bad Santa. He's been in a ton of stuff. But uh, yeah, um, <laughs> so a, a little piece of trivia there. I would never have known. Yeah. No, it is Tony Cox. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Bad Santa. Me, yep. myself, and Irene. Yep, yep that's, him. that's him. So Tony yeah. Cox. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and a breakout role for him. Well, like there's it's a surprisingly star-studded movie considering how weird it is, and then uh, considering uh, what we were talking about, how Gina Davis and Michael Keaton were all a hundred percent in for this movie, and apparently Alec Baldwin hates the fact that he ever had anything to do with it. Which yeah. I can't understand. No, Alec Baldwin, um, I mean, from what I understand, it's Michael Keaton's favorite performance, and it's Alec Baldwin's least favorite, or most hated, however you want to, you know. Uh, however you want to phrase it. Yeah. But that's it's funny to think, because, I mean, Alec Baldwin, it's not like he did anything super crazy. You'd think it would be the opposite, because Michael Keaton's the weirdo in this movie. Right. So you might, he might be like, yeah, I regretted it. It's what made me famous, but eh, uh, it wasn't my favorite. Whereas Alec Baldwin, it's like, you are the most white bread person I've ever seen in my life in this movie. What yes, could, he is. What could possibly have bothered him about this, about being a part of this film? Yeah, and, you know, I mean, I, I get it that it's not a very... You know, it, it, it's not a serious role. It's not, um, oh, God, what else was Alec Baldwin doing at this time? Um, Back in the 80s? Um, I can think of, oh, you know what I'm mixing him up with right now is um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I know it's not the same guy, oh, but they Tim, dre- Tim Curry? No, 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 the guy who plays Brad. Uh, the... The straight lace guy with Susan yeah, Sarandon. I hate that movie. Just just throwing that out there Whoa. for for those of you who are like big Rocky Horror fans. I hate it. Get him. I, I think it's one of the worst shittiest movies ever made. You can find him on Twitter and bash him. Yeah, at... go for it. Go <laughs> for it. it. Yeah, but I, bring it seriously. No, because Alec Baldwin wasn't in Rocky Horror Picture Show, but Brad, uh, one of the, the main guy, was dressed almost exactly like him. Very straight laced eighties guy. So that's why I sort of imagine that. But I, I can't really think of anything else that Alec well, Baldwin was in in the eighties. And, and I keep going back to the Hunt for Red October, but the Hunt for Red October was in nineteen ninety, so that was only two years after this. Yeah, it's not that much you know, time. And, and and I think and all the other Baldwins, there, you got to cycle through them because you got Steven, Adam, yeah, Alec, yeah. 
Billy, and that's as many bald ones as I know. I think there are more, but I'm not sure. But we are coming up on the iconic Banana Boat Deo Which, again, this whole thing, and I knew this before I I rewatched it, you know, to prep for the show, but it, like, hits you in the face when you're really analyzing it that this this is the scene from the movie. It's the scene everybody Everybody remembers. Everybody knows it, yeah. And it has zero to do with Beetlejuice. There's literally no reason for it to be there. Like, Yeah, well, Beetlejuice isn't doing any of this. No, it's the Maitlands. Yeah, it's the Maitlands doing it. And, uh, like, when people think back on this movie, I think that they believe that most of the mischief that happens to the Dietz family is done by Beetlejuice. He really doesn't even affect them until later in the movie when Otho screws up and, like you said, tries to summon Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin. Right. So there is that. We are back. Yeah, like with the banana boat song, you kind of have to wonder where they even yeah, decided a... why that would be the song. I mean, don't get me wrong. Once again, the most iconic scene in the entire movie, if you ask anyone. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the scene that if you remember Beetlejuice. This is it. This is the scene. And it, it is. I mean, it's an inspired choice. It's one of those things where, you know, if you do a, a by-the-numbers movie, you're not going to think hey, let's put some Harry Belafonte music in there. Right. Well, especially, I wonder if it would have been different if Sammy Davis Jr. had played Beetlejuice because they probably would have included some Rat Pack songs or something. Yeah. I have no idea what, but like... Catherine O'Hara is so perfect in this scene. Oh, it's like she sang the song herself. She's like... But the look on her face, the the look of what the hell is happening to me is, is... you know, while she, doing Calypso, while, while doing it, you know, <laughs> every like every single one of them did a great job though because they, it's just such bizarre choreography where you're sort of smacking yourself with a napkin yeah. in the face while doing Calypso and singing Harry Belafonte. And evidently, Tim Burton thought that this scene was he didn't think it was bad, but he he was completely convinced that nobody was going to like this scene like when he watched he came back and he was like "Eh, it's not it's not funny it doesn't work well i think that's what ended up that might be the mystery of what drew so many kids to this movie because it's so silly and out of context that it just worked and it was a nice light moment for kids to be like oh look at all the grown-ups just slapping themselves and doing whatever right yeah so because like you said like people uh, in our age range, that this is what they remember, and I think that's why because it it lightens the content. Yeah, yeah, and it and it is funny because you know the Maitlands are trying to scare them by making them all do something very silly, and they just have the little scary afterthought with the shrimp at the end. Yeah, with grabbing everyone with, by with the, the face, with the disgusting looking shrimp. That even if it wasn't for the fact that they were you know possessed. They still look terrible. They still look like fingers. Yeah, Yeah. they look like fingers. Which they turn into. So, and then grab everyone by the face. And what's really hilarious about this whole movie is that it is funny in the sense that the Maitlands are doing some pretty spooky stuff. Yeah. But it keeps backfiring on them. And the Dietzes are like, oh my gosh, this house is going to be a landmine. We can sell it for the haunted experiences. Yeah, I mean, and you know, it does sort of... My theory, or gold mine. I yeah. think I said landmine, listeners. I think, you d- I think and that, you did. Actually. I think I was and going I was, for something different. Yeah, I was trying to. <laughs> I was just trying to move past it, but you know, you know let's, let, let's dwell on it. Um, <laughs> this this uh, this movie, though, the I, my theory is that the Maitlands, before they ever died, were crazy. 
they have to be lunatics. Because, first of all, only two people who were just, you know, narcissists and lunatics could die and react to it the way they do, which is just, oh, we're dead. Huh. At least we're together. Eh, let's just keep doing what we were doing. Yeah, let's keep our house forever. That's And that's another thing, too, is that they don't think in terms of, well, wait a minute. I mean, we're dead. These people aren't bad who are moving into our house. They bought a house. You know? Yeah. I Might mean, as well room up with them. You the, know? the Dietzes didn't do anything wrong. No, they didn't. They you just know? The Maitlands are just, they just want their home back to themselves. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know. You can sort of see their point of view, though, because if they want to rest in peace and they've got to do it actively, I guess they, they want to be comfortable and have things the way that they used to be. But yeah. it's like, you're right at the same time to play devil's advocate. The Dietzes, they just bought a pretty house out in the country. Yeah, that's it. You know, now admittedly when they find out they have a ghost or two ghosts, you know, they get Lydia, you know, who Lydia is the only one who yeah, can who see, can them, see yeah. them. Yeah. So it's like, Lydia, get them to go, get them to come downstairs and, you know, uh, uh, get them to, uh, you know, put on a little dog and pony show for us. Well, it reminds me of when I was a kid because I had this little schnauzer who I taught to do all these different tricks. And every time people would come over, my mom would be like, get your dog, get your dog and show us what he can do. It's so funny. You're going to love this. And that's yeah. kind of how they treat Lydia. They're like, go get your ghost pets. Go make yeah. them perform for yeah, us. And, it, and it's so ridiculous that apparently their whole idea is that they're going to make a theme park surrounded you know, or built around the theme of... Yeah, they're going to sell the experience. It's like the Haunted Mansion at Disney World. They're just going to sell haunted experiences in their haunted house. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, you know, it's an idea. And of course, it's one of those things that even when the idea is explained to people in the movie, they think that's a terrible idea. Yeah. You know. On paper, it seems bad. And then in practice, it's bad because the Maitlands are like, we're not your trick ponies. That's right. not what we're yeah. here for. So, of course, the Maitlands then, you know, in a fit of pique, you know, at, at being offended, you know, they, they ask Beetlejuice to step in and try to kick the uh the the, the living up a notch yeah. yeah uh and we get which the, he does he does he, he brings it right out of the starting gate because they they summon him with the classic beetlejuice 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 yeah. because that's how you get beetlejuice to show up on the scene and yeah. say his name three times Apparently, if he just showed up he's over in the corner of the studio right now and he's oh dear god yeah he's cool though he's just chilling He's very quiet. He's actually a very shy guy. You know, Beetlejuice, to make this movie, he really had to sort of get out of his comfort zone. Come you out know? of your shell a little bit. Yeah. Shed and that snake skin. So I guess it's Beetlejuice's intervention that nobody dies in this scene because one person falls down the stairs and another one is dropped from the second floor head first. Well, because he's, it's like he says, he's the bio exorcist. So he's not exactly gentle in his hauntings because the Maitlands don't go out of their way to hurt the Dietzes. Yeah. Uh, they just want to scare them into leaving. But Beetlejuice shows up on the scene as a giant snake with Michael Keaton's face. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like you said, is just violently tossing people around and then he gets a really creepy look when he finds Lydia. And so luckily Barbara Maitland stops him in time before he yeah. murders Lydia or whatever he was going to do to her. Yeah, and of course Lydia's all upset. And, you know, I'm going to go be on Stranger Things. Um, <laughs> 40 years 40 from years, now. I'm going to go read, get, I'm going to go prep um, for my powerhouse performance. Hey, it's like she's already in the Upside Down. Yeah. She, already, she had the she had all the training say, she needed. I, I, I like Winona Ryder. I'm just making a joke. No, she's yeah. amazing. No, and she, I, yeah, I, and, and she is actually genuinely very good in Stranger Things. And she's good at darker roles anyway, like in uh, um, Girl Interrupted. That's one of her best performances as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so she, but she's, you know, 13 or 14 years old in this movie. But now Beetlejuice is irate because the Maitlands 
stuck him back in the model. Yeah. And he wants to finish the job and get the house haunting done with. Uh, but he's basically just pissed off at being trapped. Yeah. So he, his whole shtick is just to get people to say his name so he can run free and wreak havoc. Yeah. Well, he ends up uh, going to the little, you know, scale scale model. The little cat house. house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which, again, mom and dad. What? How in the hell how, were we allowed to They watch must this? not have walked in the room at any point during this movie. Well, because what is this movie rated? Uh, PG. No, it's got to be PG-13. I would have to guess so because the content is just... But, I mean, back in the 80s, they were a little bit looser with that, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but... But who knows? I mean, like, this... Oh, yeah, it was PG. Uh, and yeah, this is PG, one of those shows, just like Ghostbusters, that also inspired a cartoon later down the way. Yeah. So... Ooh. Yeah, we... Beetlejuice the cartoon. If you would like to uh, to hear us review Beetlejuice the cartoon, tough. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Get out. I'm, I'm, I'm not subjecting myself to that. We'll watch Clerks, the animated series, and oh, pretend hell yes. we're watching Beetlejuice and talk about Wait, that. Wait, why do we have to pretend it's Beetlejuice? That's a good point. Randall Graves. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. He's too good. But, yeah, so Beetlejuice is stuck in the model, and it's there's the there's more to the movie than I remember there being. Like it, I remember it being yeah. a shorter movie. Yeah. Uh, there is this great joke going on right now where a football it's not team. A very, it's not a very long movie. It's only um, it's like ninety ninety five minutes or something like that. Yeah, but I don't remember all this back and forth between the the, the social worker and uh, especially this great joke that's happening where a, a football team died in a plane wreck. Right. Somehow inexplicably dressed in their football uniforms while on a plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they crashed and they keep calling the Kate, they keep calling Juno. They're like, Hey coach, what are yeah. we supposed to do? And she's like, I'm not your damn coach. Like, yeah, get it. Get, come on. Now but, the movie does take, it's weird to say it, but the movie does take a dark turn uh, yes. with Lydia who Lydia, she decides that she do, doesn't she, want to be yeah. on this mortal coil anymore. Yeah. She, she wants to kill herself. Even well, because though she, she is now aware of what death is like and it's not all that pleasant. But it's a weird kind of loyalty that she has because in her eyes, her parents are taking advantage of these poor, innocent ghost souls that live in the house that have no choice but to be stuck there forever. Where And she wants to be dead so she can be with the Maitlands. Right. And yeah, she feels yeah. trapped with her parents and the Maitlands feel trapped in their house. And I think she's just been relating to them. So... She decides that she too wants to die, but she doesn't find the Maitlands because they're off talking to their caseworker. Right, right. And oh, who does she happen upon but Beetlejuice? Yeah, and how couldn't you be convinced? By this uh, half green, half white rotting yeah. person who is like, oh yeah, I can definitely make sure to kill you or whatever you want to happen, uh, but you gotta marry me, little girl. <laughs> yeah. And that's not creepy yeah. at all. <laughs> this sounds like a great idea. Let's go through with it. Yeah, because yeah. Michael Keaton had to be in what I'm guessing is late 20s, 30s yeah, during like this that. movie, yeah. and she, yeah. Winona Ryder, would have been about 13. Yeah. So that it seems legit, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it is actually kind of funny that they can turn him marrying her into something that's worth a chuckle. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> yeah, actually kind of funny to watch. Yeah, it's, it's funny, you know. But again, that that goes back to the director and the performers that you, you're... And, and look, to Winona Ryder's credit, for an actress this young to be able to play this... And deal with that and, kind of content, and, yeah. Yeah, and keep it 
she rides the line very well between I'm a mopey, sad teenager who wants to kill myself, and this is all kind of funny. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Winona Ryder was born a 40-year-old, at least emotionally. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think she was ever just the she was never bubbly, just a effervescent, uh, you know, uh, uh, kid type. Yeah, you don't get Johnny Depp to tattoo your name on his arm by being the bubbly type. That's just not how that works. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I think you do that by paying his mortgage now, these days. Are you kidding me? Yeah. He's well, Grindelwald. He doesn't need anybody to pay his mortgage. I don't know. I don't know. Let's see what happens when his ex-wife gets finished with him in this lawsuit. Which one, Amber or the French one? I don't know. Oh, goodness. I, I, I'm Stop not... talking smack about something you I, don't I know don't about. Know. I don't my, my My knowledge of Johnny Depp is... Look... Mine is vast, so bring it. Johnny Depp and Tim Burton are two people who have not made anything worth watching in a very long time, in my opinion. Now, having... As a team, sure, but... Get out, Jason. And anybody who agrees with Jason, you can get out, too. (laughs) But in my top ten, maybe in my top five of all-time greatest movies ever made... Ed Wood? Ed Wood. I knew you were going to say that. Ed Wood is the most perfect movie i've ever seen it it hits every note absolutely brilliantly johnny depp in that movie is phenomenal oh especially in the scene where he's dressed in drag and he's window shopping as it were he's walking down the street and sees like this pretty outfit or set of pearls and he just glenn just sighs when they're filming glenn or glinda yep um yeah absolutely fantastic movie everything works in that movie um and then i'm trying to think what else tim burton did after he did mars attacks after that which i really liked and i mars nightmare a- before christmas yeah i'm not a fan of that movie yeah nightmare- i i think i would be a fan of nightmare before christmas but it's one of those things where by the time i got around to seeing it so many people had told me it was the greatest movie ever oh, that there was no way it could ever live up to the hype. That was Finding Nemo for me. So many people talked about it too much. So yeah. I, I'm with you. Yeah, but. I mean that that's a that is a huge problem with movies that you know that's like I know I know somebody who recently watched Blade Runner, and the problem with Blade Runner for him was that for years people had said this is the greatest science fiction movie ever made it's the greatest ever and in and, context it probably was but these days it's yeah it's kind of like when i was watching uh, old king kong and uh, the blob uh, with Steve McQueen, which isn't even the original version. <laughs> no, that's not even. But yeah. I was looking at the special effects in those movies, and I was just like, "Daddy, what is this?" And it's kind of, uh, it's kind of underwhelming. He goes, "Trust me, back in the day, this was there was oh, that's yeah. as real as it got." So it's kind of like the you know CG that we see these days. But spe- like speaking of effects and CG, like we're at the point in the movie where Otho is summoning the Maitlands. And the makeup that they do. I, I just realized it, there's probably some poor guy who's wa- trying to watch along with us, and he doesn't realize that we're skipping that we've around skipped the movie. So much yeah. yeah, we talk straight through. <laughs> we don't pause the movie when yeah, we get no. off on tangents, yeah. listeners. That's probably some relevant information for you. This is not an audio commentary. But uh, honestly, it was kind of some padding that was happening. I mean, obviously, Lydia, they had to get the Maitlands out of the way so that Lydia yeah. could get in trouble and make a you know, troublesome deal with Beetlejuice. And now the Maitlands are being summoned by Otho, AKA the interior decorator who throws some of the best shade I've ever heard uh, in this movie. Like he's making fun of, uh, 
uh, either I think he's making fun of Delia, but at one point he says, "Oh, don't mind her. She's still upset because someone dropped a house on her sister." <laughs> Just one of one of the best lines. Some yeah. mad bitchy shade. Yeah. Uh, oh, and he is making fun oh, of Delia. I see the Julia Roberts thing now. Yeah, with the mouth. Yeah, they they both have really big dazzling smiles. But uh, at at another point, this is also the scene where she's you know turning into a. You missed the joke. Turning into the, a corpse. The joke was, yeah. Sorry. I was just sort of yeah. getting claws past it because I don't hate Julia Roberts like you apparently do. I don't hate her, say. but you know she's fair game. All right, Julia, I'm sorry. I love you. Jason doesn't. But yeah, Otho is also messing with Delia for her crappy sculptures because she's is better. Anyway, oh, shut up. Because of a, he's making fun of her terrible sculptures and stuff. But he's like, Delia, you're a flake. You've always been a flake. If you want to scare people, do it with your sculpture. <laughs> I mean, just he's yeah, such a she bitchy is, queen. She is potentially the worst artist in the history of art. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Without question. But, yeah. oh, and now we've gotten, we see Beetlejuice in his iconic sort of prison suit. Yeah. Suit. Where it's got the pins. The suit he wore in the cartoon. Yeah, the yeah. the one. Well, that's yeah. what I picture Beetlejuice in because he's in so many different yeah. outfits yeah. in this movie. Like he's got the spiky coveralls, yeah. and then he's just he dresses he's just cow- like Alec cow- Baldwin. The cowboy at some point. Uh, costume. The early cowboy. On, yeah. He's got the khakis, just like Alec Baldwin at one point. Like it. He's got so many different outfits. He's like Beyonce. He's got about six costume <laughs> changes in this one show, and almost as big an ego. <gasps> oh, bye, Beyonce. Bye. Yeah, because you know, you know, Beyonce is just. Tuning in every oh. week. <laughs> hey, all the single ladies. All the single out. ladies? Tune out. All the single ladies. All, all of them. <laughs> Put your hands up because Beetlejuice is about to enter this club and tear it up. But yeah, he shows up and Lydia has agreed to marry him and he turns their house into this sort of sideshow circus carnival uh, while the Maitlands are being sucked dry by Otho. Yeah, and he... He does this, and no one runs from the house screaming their heads off. Well, I mean, you think they would have done that at the first dinner that they had, where the shrimp grabbed them by the face. Yeah, but yeah. that's what I was saying. Everything that the Maitlands and Beetlejuice do has kind of, a f- you know, it backfires. Is is this the scene where he's got Jack Skellington's head on top of the... There's something, there's some reference people have said... Like some sort of Easter egg to he, Well, I mean, it, it's like, is that, you know, I mean, even though it came out after this movie. Yeah, well after. I have no idea, because I am I I hate Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, I, I, I got to agree with you there. That, I, well, that was another, that was a movie that I still get my mother a hard time about, because I was about five when that movie came out, and my parents were like, oh, yeah. same guy who made a Beetlejuice, this will be great. And they took me to see Nightmare Before Effing Christmas, mm. and I was just like, I saw Nightmare Before Effing Christmas. Much different movie. Was it a porno? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a porno. No, but yeah, we went to go see Nightmare Before Christmas, and that movie just terrified the crap out of me. But, oh yeah, part of the deal Lydia did make, uh, she rescued the Maitlands. Yeah. uh, Because Otho did summon them, and he's hurting them, but Beetlejuice promised to rescue them. And I do do love that that, uh, what Beetlejuice does to Otho is... Put him, put, him yeah, put him in a powder suit. blue suit. And that's what ruins Otho's life. He just gets this look of horror, starts crying, and runs screaming out of the house. I like that suit. I would I, wear that. I would I would wear it. Zoot suit, riot over here. Um, no, that's not a zoot suit. That's a I know it's not a, a zoot suit, but it's just, I know, but it's just so bright. That's for, that's for the businessman on the go who that's California likes, to, casual right my there. likes to kick back and, you know. Oh, sweet lord. 
But yeah, so Beetlejuice is just handing out snakes as party favors and, you know, combing his hair, getting all ready to be a groom. And it's funny, his back and forth with himself, because he's like, Oh, yeah, oh, and then he's got that horrible <laughs> 70s prom tuxedo should with the ruffled shirt. Should we get married, other Beetlejuice? Yes, uh, we should, other Beetlejuice. <laughs> yes, we should. <laughs> yes, we should. <laughs> hey, pumpkin pie. That creeped me out so much when I was a kid. What when, did? when Alec Baldwin's jaw falls off. Yeah. That scared the shit. It just... it's No, it's pretty disturbing. It, it but really like, is, yeah. But now, as a 30-something-year-old woman, I, I look at Gina Davis, who grabs his jaw and immediately tries to put it back, and I'm like, oh... Hashtag relationship goals. Aww. It's like Jackie Onassis. Oh, God. That was rough. I can't believe I just went there. Oh, man. I'm sorry. And now the Kennedys are going to have you assassinated or put into a mental hospital. There's not that many of them left. Well, they might put you in the Grey Gardens house. You don't know. That's cool. You know those two? Those yeah, two, no, I the know. The yeah. I was about yeah, to say, they're Kennedys too, distantly or otherwise, but... Yeah, so now we're watching Lydia about to get married to Beetlejuice, and he's seriously, he is having another Barry moment where he's just Here like... Here he is, folks, from straight from Bad Santa. Uh, and you wouldn't you wouldn't even recognize him. He's aged so well. <laughs> yeah, he has. He has aged very well. God. Yeah, the, um, the, the wedding scene is interesting because they go as, you know, sort of... 1920 slapstick as they can possibly go and they kind of rush through it too they do yeah it it was the resolution of this movie especially since it's so simple to banish beetlejuice back to his little you know model all you have to do is say his name three times there are four adults and a child in the room and beetlejuice only has he's got kind of limited powers it's not like he really does it's not like he can you know quiet everyone all at once but, well, I guess the Maitlands don't really count until they start to regenerate, because right, he does yeah. save them, and then uh, oh, the his tap dancing scene with Alec Baldwin's teeth, that's always great. Yeah, yeah. Because he sucks Alec Baldwin's teeth out of his mouth, so he can't say the word Beetlejuice. He literally zips Gina Davis's face shut. And then he bolts it shut. Yep, bolts yeah. it shut. Uh Oh, wait, does he bolt it or zip it? I don't know. He zips it first, then she she unzips it. Oh, yeah, she unzips it. But, yeah, it's a very Acme moment. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, he's he's very much a, an evil Wile E. Coyote. And, yeah, no, that's, oh, that's a perfect description. Maybe he was the dog that let the Maitlands fall off the bridge. (laughs) He was just in a different form. But you would think that Lydia's parents would have caught on to this. Oh, no, he's got their faces covered. That's what it is. Well, so Jeffrey they... Jones's face isn't covered. I thought that snake thing was covering his mouth. Oh, was mouth. it? Because I, I know that she's got the sculpture, like, over her mouth. Yeah. And I see what you mean about the 20 slapstick. His Beetlejuice is looking for Lydia's ring, and he's pulling snakes out of his pocket. Right. And then, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just all it's, these little wind-up toys yeah, and all this it, random crap. It's just a campy, you know, and, and now, you know, Alec Baldwin is driving the little model truck. Yeah, he was banished to his own model, and now he's driving the truck off the side of the table and Gina, she meant nothing to me uh, pulls a ring that's attached to a finger still no, out good. of his pocket that that's she good. meant nothing to me babe don't worry about it that's what every woman wants to hear when she's getting married at 13 yeah, right and i don't right. know what alec baldwin was expecting to really accomplish with that because he's yeah you're right yeah, jeffrey, jeffrey, Jones, jo- jeffrey jones's he, mouth he could have said beetlejuice and but, then the just let's end the movie scene. Yep. Gina Davis <laughs> riding one of the sandworms that just eats Beetlejuice. Yeah, that the ending is not good. 
Nah, it's kind of it, clunky. It, it is because the only the only setup, the only thing they did to establish that Gina Davis could ride a sandworm was that one scene earlier when they're attacked by the sandworm and Gina Davis punches it in the mouth. Oh yeah, she she slaps it in the nose like it's a dog, and you're yeah, just like, okay, that that's literally the only thing. And then you know, she oh well, she could evidently control them. I guess. Sure, why not? But it's like it's and like then you Lydia said. Lydia immediately becomes not goth. Oh yeah, she's a, <laughs> like she, hardcore. She pulls several one eighties, but winds up in this really random spot where she's suddenly a Catholic schoolgirl who rides her bicycle to school. Yeah, and but now they've just got this really harmonious setup at the Maitland's house, where the Maitlands are living in it, happy it synchronicity good, yeah, with the Dietzes. Yeah, and I do have to admit. It is a, it's it's a very pleasant ending. Oh, know. big time! And you get some more Calypso, some yeah. more Harry Belafonte. And this is actually, in my opinion, the better Calypso scene, because I think Winona Ryder, Winona Ryder, really sells this. Well, I, I mean, what kid yeah. wouldn't want? I mean, if I were her age when they were making this movie and I had been cast as Lydia, I would have been like, wait. You're going to put me on wires and I'm dancing to Harry Belafonte? Yeah. Hell yes. I don't care what the pay yeah. is. Yeah, she I'm in. Re- yeah, she I'm re- in. yeah, she really pulls this off. And it, it, it's it's a genuinely sweet, you know, uh, scene. It is. Well, because, you know, she finally gets to live in peace with these parents who sort of help her out of her dark side, I guess. They're more... And everybody gets what they want. The Maitlands get the right. kid they always wanted. She gets the parents they, that she always wanted. And her parents are just totally fine with the situation, evidently. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, well, look, I mean, they, they've got a lot of money put in this house. They can't just move. You better deal with it. Yeah, that's you true. Know? You're not going to, because they were hoping to make some income off of the uh, hauntings. But I love the parameter, the reward system that the Maitlands have going on with Lydia at the yeah. end. Yeah. Because she had to get an A on her math test, I think, or pass her math test in right. order to get to uh, basic, essentially be haunted. Yeah. Because that's what they're do- They're possessing her and, like, making her float up in the air. And, yeah. Well, not possessing her, but they're, you know, they're dancing around to shake, shake, she shake, Sonora. Yeah, huh? Gina Davis has big feet. They show up frequently. Do they? Yeah, uh, it just jumps out at me. Oh, must not have been on her rider to cut off the I guess. film at her feet. But yeah, it's funny because Lydia's parents are upstairs and they start hearing the, the Harry Belafonte. And the dad's like, oh, I guess Lydia got an A on her test. Like, And Those... then we go back to the DMV with Beetlejuice, who's been... Banished yeah, there it's for it's now. Next to uh, Steve Buscemi. Yes, aka Shrunken Head Guy. <laughs> it looks exactly like Steve Buscemi. Oh my god, it does. I'm sure Steve Buscemi thinks that's really funny. Uh, and there, there, meanwhile, there's this uh, native guy uh, sitting next to Beetlejuice with like a headdress. Yeah, and yeah. he doesn't a witch seem witch doctor. Yeah, witch doctor. That's that's the best word for it because Beetlejuice um, sees that he's got a smaller number and he's further up in line for the DMV and thinks he's being sneaky and gives him his number. Yeah. Swaps it out thinking he's being all cool. And then the witch doctor shrinks Beetlejuice's head. So now Beetlejuice is Steve Buscemi. Yeah. But, but you know, he's okay with it. Cause he, you know, the last thing he says is, you know, this might be a good look for me. <laughs> What's well, like that meme I was telling you about the other day that really, it worked on so many layers where, uh, it show somebody had superimposed Heath Ledger as the Joker into the DMV of Beetlejuice. Yeah, and Beetlejuice is sitting next to him on a couch, and they both have all the face makeup going on. And Beetlejuice looks at Heath Ledger or the Joker, and he's like, "That's some really nice face makeup." 
you know I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best Batman. Oh, and the best. The football players on the staircase yeah. when Lydia's dancing. For no and all reason just, yeah, whatsoever. They didn't tie into the story nope. at all. No. Nope. I mean, that's pretty much it. So is, is there a particular reason why you chose this for uh, some of our episode content? Why I was in a hurry and you kept asking me to come up with something and it just came into my head. False. I actually wanted to do... <laughs> I think another movie that you vetoed. And what movie? Like, um, at one point, I wanted to do The Emperor's New Groove, but uh, it, it didn't really have the adult content no, that we were looking no, for anyway. No, 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 no. You wanted to do um, the movie with Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, Rover Dangerfield. Yes. Yeah. Listeners, if you want us to do that, just tweet me. We'll do it. Yeah, go awesome. for it. You can tweet all you want. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'll bring on somebody <laughs> yeah, else we'll who likes a, Rover Dangerfield. We'll have a guest, and I'll be just in the background. Just... Jason will produce like he did on... Yeah. Uh, uh, Hercules. Whatever it was, yeah. Hercules with Meg. Yeah. Um, so next up, uh, the next episode that we are going to be recording, I am looking forward to because we are looking back at a movie that is just schlocktastic. Oh, goodness. Well, you know what I'm talking about. We're recording it after tomorrow. Little Nicky? Oh, no, wait. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, the mummy. Yeah. Sorry. Mess I was thinking about I was thinking about our conversation at rehearsal the other day, but yeah, we are our next episode that we'll be recording, so it'll be a little while before it gets released, listeners. But we will be doing Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. Yes, the the, the seminal role, the role that defined Brendan Fraser as an actor. It made him famous, just like Beetlejuice <clears throat> made Michael Keaton famous. So, yes, and um, and it worked out just as good. It worked out for, for about ten years. Brendan Fraser, yeah. Fraser. Yeah, Fraser. There's no I in his name. Yeah. But uh, it also and, includes Rachel Wise and Emotep, the guy who invented dad jokes in ancient Egypt, as we've discussed on prior yeah. episodes. Yeah. Uh, Rachel Weisz, the, uh, the wife of James Bond. Yes. Which is pretty cool. You know? Um, and, uh, she's the actual Bond girl in real life. Yeah. And she's also a fantastic actress. Oh, but, yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. She's, she's incredible. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, we will not be recording tomorrow because we have rehearsal. Uh, for an upcoming project for, that we'll be announcing on the yes, podcast we will. later to come. This is what they call teasing, uh, for those of you who care. Are you titillated listeners? You should be. God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> you need a dictionary. Read a book. I, I really hope not. But, yes, yeah, so, as always, we're taking suggestions, and uh, we're actually happy to answer questions if you want to know why we choose the content that we do, or if you just have general questions or suggestions, we are more than willing to take those. Yeah, and I do have one rule as far as uh, suggestions go, because we have had some suggestions, um, and no offense to anyone, but we're not doing Pokemon. <laughs> Okay, I wasn't aware of that until now. That was a unilateral decision that Jason made for us both. Yeah, but I, I we're not doing Pokemon. But any and all suggestions can obviously be made at our email at hindsightishorrifying at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter. Wait. That's not our email. What is it? Oh, I always mess up our email. So Sorry, scratch that. Our emails are jason at hindsightishorrifying.com there you go then i am darth jader at hindsightishorrifying.com i think i've been doing all of our social media tweeting wrong too so there's oh that my God. <laughs> i can go back and correct it it's we're okay. professionals <laughs> uh, and, uh, are we though and you can find us on twitter uh i'm at, at hindsight horror 
Yep. That's the actual official podcast Twitter. Then Jason is... North Foggy. You can uh, follow me and you can see... Uh, it's very exciting. Oh, goodness. Uh, because I, I, I'm doing scale models. And so I'm, I'm posting photographs as I'm building scale models. I know that is thrilling to you. He is a Ben Wyatt little level nerd, listeners. Yeah. So if you want to see pictures of a Tamiya 148th F4U Corsair, you know where to go. I just and, died of nerddom. <laughs> and, and now let's see, can you do your Twitter handle in one go? I already did it, actually, you this did episode, it? at Darth underscore Jader underscore. Amazing. Yes. There we have it. I can't get our email right to save my life, but, you know. And uh, we're going to be on Facebook. We will, yes. Yeah. I, I'm working on getting us a Facebook page, but I... Well, it's very difficult to to use Facebook nowadays because they, they, they keep, keep breaking the rules. it. Yeah. Every, every day they've broken Facebook in another way. Yes. Uh, so there's a, there's a bit of a curve there. But, uh, yeah, please, if you like the show or if you hate the show, that's fine. Tweet to us. Uh, follow us. Um, send us an email. Material. Yeah, uh, because... We want to know what the audience would like to hear us talk about. And Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm sure that if we have enough people send us suggestions, one of them will be halfway decent, and <laughs> uh, and we'll think about doing it. Especially maybe. if it comes from an Australian listener. Yes, yes. Hey, Aussies, pick something with Jennifer Connelly in it. I'm just in a mood. You know. That's not an episode. This is an episode... I'll see myself out again. <laughs> and on that bombshell. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Keep visiting our website, hindsightishorrifying.com, for all episodes. <laughs> what? That's our website, isn't it? <laughs> yes, that's our website. <laughs> oh, I thought you were laughing at me because I messed that up too. Anyway, hindsightishorrifying.com for all episodes that we've released thus far. And you can catch all of my awesome episode descriptions and maybe hear Jason laughing at me even there. <laughs> Um, and thank you all very, very much for listening. Thank you for spending your evening or day or drive time with us. Uh, take care, and we will see you very soon. Laters. Laters.